0: Every year, sometimes more than once, but at least annually, I have an appointment with my eye doctor, Dr. Brown. She's a lovely young lady. It's almost like having a a little girl as your eye doctor. It's unbelievable. But she sets me behind this contraption. Have any of you been through that thing? looks like something that comes from NASA. And you know the routine. Here's Here's how it goes. She says, Is this clear-er, click, or is this clear-er? Lord God. Church, and I thank you so much for turning us on, being with us tonight And I trust the Lord is just going to bless you all over the place As we fellowship together here for the next several moments We're going to jump into a brand new series It's one I am currently uh, presenting here at New Life But you're going to catch the first part of it We're about uh, three lessons into the series at this point But it's a, a series that we've titled Be Careful Without Turning be careful without turning it deals with the issue of maintaining our focus on the things of God and deals with the issue of world views and the filters by which we look at the world now I want to encourage you and I trust that you are looking through the filter of God's word the Bible and understanding God's purpose and plan for your life this teaching is purpose to help you in that endeavor, I want to read from our text passage, which is taken out of Joshua chapter 23. This is over in the Old Testament, Joshua chapter 23. And I'm just going to read one verse, and you're hearing now, we're going to jump right on into this. And I'll encourage you to keep your Bibles handy because we're going to look at a lot of other verses as we attempt to lay the foundation in this particular teaching. Joshua chapter 23 and verse number 6, the Word of God puts it this way. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Again, we're talking about being careful without turning. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned us on this evening, and I pray in the matchless name of Jesus that you would speak to each heart by your word. And help us to purpose to live it out, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Again, thanks for being here with us. Uh, We encourage you to tell your friends and neighbors about New Life Telecast. And we encourage you to be in prayer for us during these uh, turbulent times in which we live as we endeavor to bring a balanced message from the truth of God's Word. To you. you hang on, I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. I've been sitting on this message for quite some time. Actually, long before it appeared as uh, so we put ink to paper to uh, develop what I would refer to as my notes. But here we are, and some of those interruptions I never really counted on, but God's in control of all of that. I have felt impressed to teach you on the subject of staying focused. Now listen real careful to that because it's going to be somewhat of a theme around here for the next little while. Staying focused. I can no doubt say to you, those of you here, those of you listening by way of live stream, those of you that will be listening later on by way of New Life Telecast, With each forthcoming Lord's Day, week after week after week, never has there been a time when there were more distractions or opportunities for you to be drawn away by your own lust than in this present dispensation of time. And that is not going to let up or lighten in the days to come i do not tell you that to threaten you or to scare you or to alarm you but hopefully you will begin to think sober mindedly about these things i want to give you two very convenient illustrations of what i am talking about i could have chosen oh goodness no telling how many illustrations but i think you will appreciate these two just a few weeks ago i heard a very well-known tv preacher and it wasn't me actually it was a radio preacher very well-known radio preacher citing the choices that we have in this day and age for tv channels now let me give you a little bit of ancient history In my lifetime, I'm 64 years old, I'm looking at my 65th birthday coming up. But in my lifetime, I was in the first grade approximately six years old before the first black and white television made its way into James and Ann's humble abode, into our home. As well as I remembered, there were about three channels, three channels, that you could tune in and get this very grainy picture through a pair of set-top rabbit ears. You know what I'm talking about? You remember those babies? You had to get up and go across the room and change the channel on them things. It's ridiculous. Three channels. And then, do you remember, let's go to the next slide. Remember this? Some of you remember that very well, the aluminum foil. Look at this picture I took at Jeff Mitchum's house. Yeah. So, boy, you can bend those suckers around and put some aluminum foil on it, and it's amazing the picture or uh, the reception that you have at that point in time. Now, currently, I have cable television. Please don't think badly of me for that. But I have cable television. I'm not certain how many channels are available, but I am certain that it's well over 100 because I scanned at least that many the other night trying to find something decent to watch. There's possibly much more that. In fact, those of you that have cable or something like that, you know that saying 100 channels is nearly a joke nowadays. Here's the point. I took you through those two things to tell you this. At age six, I had about three things that could distract me in the context of television. Now I have well over a hundred. Are you following me? You understand what I'm saying? Secondly, I am reminded quite often that my own grandchildren have no earthly idea what this is. Now, Lucy Bug, our youngest, she's about two now, and she is, oh, Lord, she took after her grandma. She is a piece of work, let me tell you. But she got to something very similar. This is an old metal one, but she got a a plastic little telephone like this for Christmas, and when you turn the dial, it'll actually talk to you, and she was just interested in slinging it around the house, so to speak. But this rotary Dial phone. Lucy really has no idea what that rotary dial is all about, but it's been replaced by this puppy. How many of you have one of these on you this morning? I it's mine, by the way, Face ID. <laughs> this thing says, try again, ugly. Oh my, that's terrible when they talk back to you that way. Now, listen to refer to this cellular device as a phone is really an insult i am amazed at what you can do with these this has really become my mobile office these days for me personally i'm a redneck from satsby hall north carolina uh, an uh, elderly or becoming an elderly man but uh, you can literally get on this and and carry on a conversation with someone on the other side of the world some smart Alex. yes dear There is no bread and milk in the grocery store. Okay, love you too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, You can get on this puppy and carry on a conversation with someone on the other side of the world face-to-face, live. Are you with me? So to call it a phone is kind of an understatement, and I better put that away before I get uh, too involved in that. Here is the point about that. When I was a child... I don't remember ever walking by a rotary dial telephone and being distracted by it. (laughs) Not once. Now, I know that some of you gals in here were distracted by them, because I used to talk to one of them for hours. No, I'm just kidding, but I don't ever remember walking by one of those rotary dial phones and being distracted, but you've got to know that this thing in many respects necessary it's really how I keep up with you nowadays I'm very serious about that between texts and emails and phone calls and FaceTime Uh, so in many respects this thing is necessary but it's all too frequently it becomes a simple distraction that can monopolize monopolize a lot of your time in fact some smart aleck at the Cellular phone company sends me this little thing about once a week to tell me how much time I've been on screen. Screen time. Really? You have to tell me that? Just adds insult to injury, doesn't it? Watch this, young people. This thing can also bring before your eyes, live and in person, such forbidden fruit that can send your spirit spiraling on a downward path. Now, those of us that to remember when you didn't have these things, some of these things appear shocking to us. Some of you kids, these things have been around your whole life, and you're like, that's normal. Even some of the filth that comes through one of these things, you think it's normal. I'm here to tell you it's not normal. It's perverted, and it can cost you. I took you through those two illustrations, probably spent way way too much time to suggest to you this morning that we encounter distractions today. Can I get an amen right there? Every year, sometimes more than once, but at least annually, I have an appointment with my eye doctor, Dr. Brown. She's a lovely young lady. It's almost like having a a little girl as your eye doctor. It's unbelievable. But she sets me behind this contraption. Have any of you been through that thing? Looks like something that come from NASA. And you know the routine. Here's, a, here's how it goes. She says, is this clearer? Click, or is this clearer? And she's changing these lenses or these filters in order for me to convey back to her which one I can see through better. These different filters or lenses she's just trying to determine or trying to uh, correct my astigmatism and sometimes it's very frustrating to be honest with you because she says which is clear or this or this and i'm like i can't tell a difference am i supposed to tell her that or make something up i don't know by the way beloved if you uh, uh, wear trifocals like i do glasses are a hoot watch do you do you know that when i do this some of you start swimming <laughs> anybody know what i'm talking about Oh my goodness, it really is a hoot. Here's my point. Pastor, I was hoping you had one. Number one on your study notes. There are a lot of filters by which you can view the world today. Listen carefully. I'm moving from nonsense mode into something that should really, really sober your thinking. There's a lot of filters by which we can view the world today. Let me give you two more examples to substantiate this point. First of all, politically. Now, I'm not trying to get political. I just want you to understand there's the Democrat filter. There's the Republican filter. There's the Independent filter. There's the Libertarian filter. And they're probably in the process of inventing even more Even as I speak, all of those, whether it's Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, uh, whatever else I said, all of those things also have these shaded variations of conservative and moderate and liberal. So you can see there are a lot of choices. There are a lot of filters by which to view politics. Are you with me? Let's think about religiously. Religiously. There are totally too many filters to even mention. Folks, I literally have a book that lists the cults and schisms of religious movements around the world. There are now some 800 of them recorded, all different. It's unbelievable. But there's too many to even mention. But let me distill it down for you. And here it goes. And I am really doing some distilling at this point. But I want you to think with me about this. There are those who would call themselves Bible believers. Will you say believers? Bible believers. And then there are the Bible rejectors. And then watch this what I refer to as the Bible livers, not the Bible believers. But the Bible livers. Not those who just say, hey, I believe in this. But they've established a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. They have been born again and Spirit-filled. Now watch. The believers are as varied and diverse as all those little lenses that Dr. Brown taunts me with. By the way... So are the rejectors. Suffice it to say, there are some happy rejectors, and there are some rejectors that are downright vengeful. And they'll be all up in your face about that which they have rejected. Even the Bible livers, those who have been born again and spirit filled, they come in various and sundry stripes, more plentiful than the species of little fishes in the great Atlantic Ocean. Do I even need to spend any time putting before you this morning the myriad of social cults and schisms, i.e. filters that are available to us today? And the short answer is no, I do not. So it comes right down to this. Headed to number two on your study notes. Pastor Terry, which is the best filter for me To ensure that I am seeing the world as God intended me to see it. I am convinced you will have to walk out your own journey. I am convinced the best filter to use for my own life is the filter that was created and gifted to us by God Almighty, and that is His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, do any of you know, you know what a meme is, those things you see all the time? I'm going to tell you about a pre-meme meme, before memes were even thought about. There was a pre-meme meme that was touted to us I'm gonna say about twenty years ago I might be off by a decade or so, I don't know, but about twenty years ago, and that meme asks, quote, what would help me church Jesus do? End quote. WWJD, everybody had the bracelet, the bracelet. I mean, if you were really spirit filled, you had one of those what would jesus do i always found that interesting from day one i found it very intriguing because it was put forth as a bit of a philosophical mystery something happens and and you hear well what would jesus do beloved i'm a simple man say amen right there i am a simple man but it all boiled down to this sort of boils down to this If you want to know what Jesus would do, then read his book. Read his book, and it tells you what he did. We don't have to speculate about so much. Go with me to John chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to look this up John 10 and 27. I'm going to run through several passages with you right now. I want you to notice something. It tells us this, Jesus speaking. You want to know what Jesus thought? Here's Jesus' words. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they, what church? Follow me. They follow me. A little later on in John, chapter 12, verse number 25, the man who loves his life, watch this, church. He's talking about our personal agenda. The man, the woman who loves his or her life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Verse 26, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am my servant also will be. Be encouraged by this church. My father will honor the one who serves me. Isn't it amazing? God says, if you, or Jesus says, if you follow him, then his heavenly father will honor us. How cool is that? Now watch. Luke's account, chapter 9, verse 59. Luke chapter 9 is a long chapter. And here's what we read. He said to another man follow me but the man replied Lord first and let me see your eyeballs church when that guy says back to Jesus Lord first Jesus antennas went up bearing this got his attention like he didn't have his attention before but I'm trying to make a point to you here when he said to Jesus Yes, Jesus, but first, it was very significant. Notice, he says, first let me go bury my father. And then we have some of the most encouraging and sympathetic words in all of the New Testament. Jesus said back to him, let the dead bury their own dead. Can you imagine a pastor getting by with a sentiment like that in this day and age? Pastor Terry, one of my loved ones just passed away. Well, so big deal. Let somebody, let the dead bury their dead. What in the world is Jesus not thinking? He's talking to an individual. And I want you to understand, this is not a general blanket statement. It was offered to an individual. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you, you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Verse 61 introduces us to still another said, I will follow you. Church, you understand? That's a statement of future. He's saying, "I will follow you, but for right now, Lord, first, now, let me go back and say bye to my family." Listen to what Jesus said to him. Jesus replied, "No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God." Wow. Going over to Matthew's account, chapter 10, verse 37. Jesus is still speaking. What would Jesus do? We're going to find out. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Are you listening to me, church? Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross, his personal cross, an instrument of crucifixion, and follow me is not worthy of me. Number three on your study notes, the way we know what Jesus would do is by pursuing Jesus. And Jesus has bid us to do just exactly that. The way we know what he would do is to see life through his filter. And beloved, we have it right here. It's called, we call it the Bible. It is the word of God and I encourage you to read it and to take your time and read it very very carefully check it out all that you need to know is in this bible there's certainly some other things that would do us well some information some knowledge uh, that we need to deal with as we go through life but all you really need to know about spiritual matters and heaven and hell is given to us right here in this word it's a pearl of great price how do I know that Listen again to the words of Jesus. Matthew 13, 45, one of the newer versions says it this way, the kingdom of heaven is like what happens when a shop owner is looking for fine pearls. After finding a very valuable one, the owner goes and sells everything in order to buy that pearl. Now listen, people reinforce to me all the time that there are so many gray areas or between-the-lines areas that aren't necessarily revealed to us in the Bible or the Word of God. A church, my experience has been this. It's not so much that the answers aren't revealed there in the Word of God as it is the askers aren't willing to accept the answers as given. That makes sense? Suffice it to say, most of the time, what Jesus did do is not what we do or even what we want to do. Number four on your study notes, fill this in with me. A long time ago, in a faraway land, Israel had to deal with some filters and their God, their God. Beloved, we're going to cut in right there. We'll look forward to sharing the back half of this with you next week, the Lord willing. Let me just reemphasize something to you. We have spoken to you during this uh, particular teaching about following after Jesus and doing what Jesus would do. Doing that, engaging that which Jesus would have you do. How do we know what Jesus would do? It's pretty simple. We read His book, the Bible, the Word of God. I want to be an encouragement to you. If you are not presently reading the Word of God, I encourage you to start. Now, if you're new to the Bible, find the the New Testament. It'll be pretty easy to find that, even if you've never touched a Bible before, the New Testament. And find the book of John. And I would encourage you to start reading right there, to tell you a lot about the life of Jesus and the miracles of Christ. And it also lays out the plan of salvation for us. That's a great place to start. If you have been a reader of the Bible, and yet you've kind of slacked off on that lately, let me be an encouragement to you to get back with it and to stick with it. And uh, not only to read it in a perfunctory way. Okay, i got my few verses in today but to read it prayerfully and carefully toward the end of allowing Holy Spirit of God to make application of this Word in your own life. In other words, when it says do something in particular, when you're reading about Jesus and you understand what Jesus did and how He acted, there's instruction there. Be encouraged to take that instruction and apply it to your own life. Lay it over your own life and purpose in your own heart, mind, soul, with all of your strength... To do that which it it lays out before us. That's what it means to follow after Christ. Very important you understand initially the whole salvation experience. That's outlined for us uh, beginning in John chapter 3. There's a story about a fellow named Nicodemus. If you've never read that, be encouraged to go read it. John chapter 3. And no one understand what is being said about the new birth experience being born Well, I'm going to stop right there. I'm nearly out of time here this evening. I trust that you're going to have a great week. What's left of it. Do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also have midweek activities Wednesday evening at seven. Listen, we have nursery. We have something for the little kids. Our youth group, yet's five youth meet on Wednesday night. And the adult uh, CNC groups or small groups meet. And we would love to have you for any of those times. It's a great little oasis in the middle of the week. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I wish you a great day and and the rest of this week. And I want to remind you, beloved, that Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you? ¡Suscríbete